The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Sold out crowd on their feet here at Worldwide Technology Raceway. It is the inaugural event for the NASCAR Cup Series. Green flag is in the air. Turn two. Denny Hamlin gets hit from behind by Ross Chastain. He wallops the outside safer barrier. Ross Chastain needs to run and hide from Denny Hamlin. Denny ran Ross all the way to the apron, and I don't think this is done just yet. This Howard just said they thank you, major uh, point. <laughs> You're right. Trouble. Chase Elliott goes for a spin. Ross Chastain stuck his nose in there and made it three wide and get a couple mad drivers out there. Chastain just wants to get out of there with his back bumper attack. Chase Elliott puts Chastain in the fence. Denny Hamlin came by about an inch off the left side. And Hamlin is racing Chastain all the way to the inside wall again at the very back. This is getting crazy on the backstretch. This is about to get even better. Joey Logano dials up the low line. He drifts way up the track. He shoves Kyle Busch halfway to the wall, and he takes the lead out of turn two. Green flag goes back. Busch in the high groove. Kyle Busch takes the lead off turn two. Car in the wall is Kevin Harvick. Caution is on the speedway. Time to rock and roll here as we get set to settle it here in overtime. Logano does as expected. He shoves him up the track. Kyle Busch crosses over. Kyle to the bottom. He's back inside for the lead. But here comes Kyle Busch charging up to the inside. He's got the lead. He's in front. He washes up to the top of turn three. Here comes Logano to the inside. Checkered flag in the air. Joey Logano wins. Hell yeah, baby. I'll see you in Louisiana, baby. Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to NASCAR America Motormouth Edition. I'm Rutledge Wood. That's my friend Kyle Petty and our friend Dale Jarrett, the Hall of Famer. Guys, what an exciting weekend. Uh, as Kenny Wallace would say, he's from the Lou and he's proud. Ooh, ooh. I once asked how did St. Louis got a, got a race at, at the, is it Prestige Worldwide? No, that was Will Farrell's company with his brother. <laughs> Worldwide Technology. Worldwide Technology. There we go. There we go. Uh, I saw close. Kenny Wallace there uh, last summer on the Hot Rod Power Tour, and he said, "Hey, St. Louis, we're going to get a race." And I was like, "Kenny, I don't know if that's possible." So I know there's a lot to it, but as far as my heart's concerned, it was all thanks to Kenny Wallace. Yes, yes. It was so great to see him, him this yeah. weekend. Love him. Great to hear him on, on the TV, man. Oh, my gosh. It was so great good. to hear him. Johnny yeah. Roberts was I, out listen, there. Listen, they put the band back together but left us out. I know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know, man. 
I wanted to call mom and dad and be like, was it, was it Kyle? Was it me? What happened? But man, what an exciting weekend. I think what we saw there in the clips, um, it looked like a couple drivers going at it, but I think if this was on the interstate, hmm. we would call it road rage. Road rage, yeah. What do you call it on the racetrack? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Is it similar? <laughs> Mad drivers. Yeah, How about yeah, that? Yeah. That I, I, there's other words I could have used there. Yeah. Um, and you were encouraging that. Before yeah, you were show. encouraging that, but we but we think children are watching. Allegedly, <laughs> I I may have said that we should just let you guys go and tap. But no, when you saw so Ross Chastain early bumps Denny, and then it just seemed like what do they say? Oh, we're just gonna get into that right now. An elephant never forgets. Denny never forgot the entire race. <laughs> yeah. No, no. No, he he didn't. He did. I listen. I, I guess I had missed the first swipe he took at him down the back stretch. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. yeah. I, I guess I'd missed that part of it uh, early on. So that was um, it. Was a little. It was crazy. That that was crazy. Why don't what do we you want me to say? <clears throat> why don't we hear from the driver and then let's, let's kind of understand exactly where first. they were coming from? So let's take yeah. a listen. They were the ones in the cars. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, let's let's, let's do take that. a listen to Ross Chastain after the race. Fast car, Dustin just drove over my head so many times, and it's one thing to do it once, but I just kept driving into guys. At this level, it's just I, I can't believe walking back right now that I did it repeatedly, and I had time to stop and think out there under caution, and I would go green and I would do it again. So it's just I've tried so hard to to be better, and words are not going to fix it. An apology is not going to fix it. I just, it takes responsibility, but you know, ultimately, uh, you know, it 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 uh, ruined our day. And you know, the unfortunate part is it didn't look like he got too shy after that because I think he got the nine after that one. But um, yeah, you just uh, yeah, you just you know, we we all have learned the hard way, and and you know, we've all had it uh, had to come back around on us, and you know, it'll be no different. I owe half the field an apology, and its words aren't going to fix it, so I'll have to pay for it on the track and almost did today and then I deserve everything that they do. It's just gonna have to weigh the odds of when to right time to make sure that they get the message. What you gave the message? him a warning, Elliot gave him a warning. What more do you need to do? Uh, you gotta do more. You have to do more than that. Uh, there are no warnings. I mean, you just can't, you know, you just, when you make decisions and there's no sense of uh, conscience there that says that maybe I'm, I'm going a bit aggressive, uh, but you know, that's his decision to make. He can make any decision that uh, he wants to. I don't think there's a single thing Ross Chester The established top five guys don't like that there's a newcomer there. I'm super, super proud of him. It's all a learning experience for him, and we'll go from here. You gotta just, you have to just convince these guys hard. Just to kind of get their attention. Uh, but it's gonna, it's gonna have to be meaningful. It's gonna be uh, a meaningful day. I think my big takeaway is that Bob Pockris needs a bigger microphone. <laughs> I think I think I know we'll that chip in, get him for get that him for be. Christmas. Uh, big thanks to Dustin Long. He yes, got some yeah. of that great footage. Uh, I love seeing Jamie be more of an athlete than any of the drivers. Yes, yep. She spread Every it in shot, there. Every shot, love it. Jamie Little. Yep. Um, when you hear a driver, because on one side, what you hear is a driver saying, with a lot of honesty, "Hey, I screwed up." Not just once, not just twice, but ostensibly every single lap, I made a mistake. Yeah. And he said, I owe over half the field an apology. That's um, that's more than just, yeah, that one wreck was my fault. Um, Kyle, let's start with you. When you hear a driver with that kind of uh, honesty, that openness, 
How does that hit you? Well, I'm cynical, so you know that. So, but first I'm going to say this. He can say he owes all the drivers an apology. He does not owe his team or his owner an apology because he put in 100% effort. He did everything that that man pays him to do. He did everything he's supposed to do. He went out there and stuck that car in places and tried to win a race. Um, and that's what, he, that's what he's supposed to do. So you can't apologize for that. Sure. Don't ever apologize for that. At the same time, I think that was, for me, I was watching it live and I'm thinking, brilliant. Ross Chastain is brilliant. He just disarmed the entire world. Mm-hmm. He got to the mic first because yeah. they came to him first. Mm-hmm. He got to the mic first. He, was the, he got his side of the story out there first. It's on me, man. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I owe everybody an apology. I wrecked everybody. And he, I'm sure he meant it, and, and part of him meant it. At the same time, you know, I'd like to think he went up in the truck and had a, had a little sip of a watermelon cocktail and said, I got him now. <laughs> I got him now. You know what I mean? Because he can't say anything. They, they can't sure. come back. And, you know, we, we saw in that footage, they just kept baiting Denny until Denny finally said something because Denny said right off the bat. You know, he, he, he made his statement, but they baited him and baited him and baited him until he, until he gave him something that they, they wanted. But in the end, you know, Ross was aggressive. You know what I mean? Hey, but listen, restarts, how many times do we hear these guys say, you got to get what you can on a restart, man. Yeah. When, when, and the Chase Elliott deal, you got to get what you can on, on that. With, with the other thing, he ran in the corner right here. He runs in the corner and, and gets into, to, or earlier, he gets into the, to the 11 and spins him out. And ruined Denny's day. But I think Denny ruined Chase Elliott's day at Martinsville a few years back. Um, and Kept him out of the playoffs. Kept him out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it from that perspective, sure. as a driver, you know it. We've been on both sides. Yep. And we run mm-hmm. our mouth one way on one side. Yeah, and we right. run our mouth the other way on the other side. So that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. yeah you could, we have been here talking before when things happened on the racetrack that we were trying to decide... Was it an accident? Could it have yeah. been avoided? Was that just a racing incident? You could make a case that both of those were racing incidents, that the driver was just trying to get what he could get. Yeah. I Actually, whenever Denny got into the wall because Ross got into him, I actually wondered, did Denny get a little bit loose and, and slow down? It looked like Ross was, I knew he'd been trying to pass him. Did he just misjudge that? Did Denny have to slow down a little bit more? And that's why he got into it. Don't think that happened after everything that's taken <laughs> yeah. place. But you could have made that case. The, the fact is, is that every driver is a little bit different. And if, if you're surprised that Ross was aggressive yesterday, then you haven't been watching the last couple of years the way Thank that he drives. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah. But as we've always said, you, you got to be willing to take it on yeah. the other side. If yeah. you're going to hand that out. And so I sat here two weeks ago, I believe it was, and was praising Ross for being a different driver than what I'd seen. Looked like he had matured a lot. I, I thought that his time with uh, Kirk Bush around had really helped him to become a more thinking man's driver and that he was getting through this. I, I, I have to take some of that back now because <laughs> he, he didn't learn yeah. there that quickly. Uh, but So he still has learning to do, and, and that's okay. Uh, but, you know, that's a lot of that was racing. You're going to make people mad when you're that aggressive. Uh, just be willing to accept it when it happens on the other side. The rest of the stuff was highly entertaining. Whenever When it got to the point after he had hit Chase and the restart after that, so they're all in the back, and Chase yeah. gets into him, a little payback, I understand that. But what it did was allow the 11 to get in front of him then. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God, this is double trouble in one corner for yeah. Ross. He can't get away here. But, yeah. you know, things are going to happen, and... 
it, again, highly entertaining. Yeah. This is going to be talked about a lot. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, look I, I agree. It was, it, it was entertaining to watch it happen. At the same time, it was incredible for me to watch it happen because I can go to my local short track on a Saturday night and watch street stock guys do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that, that's what, hey, they hauled off a guy at Hickory earlier this year for doing yeah. almost the same thing in handcuffs. We're doing almost because the point is that doesn't belong at this level of racing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to step out and say it. what Denny did and what and Denny came back and did it later to, to uh, Ricky Stenhouse oh, yeah, for yeah. wrecking his car. What are we going to get Penske a car next when, when something happens and send him out to retaliate? I mean, you, you, let's calm, take a breath. Let's calm down here. And, and listen, swerve at him, do that a couple times, whatever, but not lap after lap. And we saw it. And, and you heard Denny's response. Uh, NASCAR's like, okay, that's about enough of that. You know, yeah. And he just laughs at him. Yeah, but right. I, I wanna, I'm going to say this. And, and Dale had a great, great, great point. If it surprises you what Ross Chastain did, then I don't think you've watched any NASCAR. Because we attention. have sat here at this desk and talked about it when, when Joey Logano and Martin Truex got into it. And Truex stood out in the middle of pit road with his arms up in the air, cheering the crowd. Come on, I'm going to get him back. He's not going to win the championship, I can tell you that. We said Truex won't do anything because he's a nice guy. It's not in his DNA. Yeah. It's not in his DNA. Ross Chastain did this, won, wins races, just like Joey Logano. They're different people, man. They're nice. They're the greatest guys in the world. When they put a helmet on, they've got one job, one job. And you were this way. Yeah, listen, you know you were this way because you could – I was never as, as good as these guys. But you put a helmet on, and your job is to win a race. And yeah. when you get up the next morning and shave, you see that reflection of that trophy behind you, and you really don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You, because you're right. the guy. You're the guy. You win the race. And Ross Chastain has that. Joey Logano has that. Kyle Busch has that. There's a number of guys, and there's guys that don't have that. And, and Truex doesn't have that. Truex, mm -hmm. Truex just is not – because he's – it's just not in his DNA, and right. you can't change it. Ross Chastain is who he is, and you got to appreciate that. I'm going to say one more thing that I sit sometimes as I'm watching these races and see these things unfold and transpire and then the things that happen and the things that people say. I, Kyle, I wonder, I think back to more yeah. our era and, and even before that, but you, what, what would these drivers have done having to race against Kelly Yarbrough, Dell Earnhardt Sr. Yeah. and your dad, who yeah. was aggressive when he needed That's to right. be, and you didn't mess be. around with him. Yeah. David Pearson was a lot to say. As <laughs> yes, much as the Silver Fox was that, he was much that. What would they have done against those guys? Because yeah. that was on a weekly thing because you were running short tracks all the time. And yeah. Right. And, and listen, How would they handle that? And, and, and here's, here's the thing, okay? Well, listen, and, and even I, I, I honestly believe, even if we had Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, that you wouldn't see Kel Yarbrough or Richard Petty or, or Earnhardt on it. You know what I mean? Not a apologize. one. They would <laughs> never have said and that, that was my fault. But but right. No, they, no. and because never. here's what they because that that for them was a sign of weakness. Right. That was a sign yeah. of weakness. And you never should. What? Listen, these guys got in and drove cars with broke necks and broke arms and and beat up so that you sat in that other car and you thought, holy crap. You know, Bobby Allison used to come by you, and it'd be 600 degrees, and he'd have his arm up on the window. You're like, how the hell is he doing that? How's he, how's he laughing me with his arm in the window? You know what I mean? But, but the thing is that those guys fixed it when it happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they just fixed right. it when it happened. Yeah. If it was North Wilkesboro, you could count on pulling in that garage area, stand there at your truck because somebody's coming. Somebody's coming to Wait your truck. For it. And, and, 
you'd have a conversation. Now, there wasn't a million cameras, and there wasn't TV everywhere and all that stuff, so it was different. Um, but yeah, it's just a different time, man. It's a different, it's a different, it's, it's the age of participation ribbons. You know that. Um, Look, Mike, Mike Tyson warned us. He said a lot of people forgot what it's like getting punched in the mouth, and that dude on the airplane found out. <laughs> but it apparently has not trickled back over. We want to hear from you. Make yes. sure you pick up the phone. Call in one eight four four nascar nbc can you dial that many numbers i can't my, my phone won't take that many okay but i think everybody just, else's will it I just, just works yeah my, we're gonna go to the phones i have not heard this voice in a while oh it's oh. time for our buddy nascar I'll call no. somebody. <laughs> hey nascar glad to be talking to Rudd again the gang's back together good to be talking to you um yeah, you guys why why do we keep doing this this is the nascar cup series you guys said it if you drive like this just be ready to take it back that's how it goes this is racing it's not going to stop so let's cut the crap that's how it is he didn't do nothing wrong but dj and kp now what do you do mentally though after you've got to have to feel mad of you and and you have to drive every week when you get in that car but how does that go for him mentally now knowing that it's going to come at any moment how do you separate that still do your job but yet know what's coming on the horizon yeah, yeah. good good question yeah I'll, I'll say this about ross and some things that i've read and heard that he said he was talking to himself after each of these incidents and he couldn't even get past the next lap when they went back to green. So Ross is going to have a tough time yeah. getting to that point. If you think that he's going to slow down and yeah. not be aggressive anymore, I think you're wrong because he yeah. can't even listen to him. And I, I get it. That's, That's a great point. Yeah. Wrong if the that. stuff but, he's saying was honest, yeah. because he making a good point reset. here. Yeah. You know, how do you get back? So there, I think there is. You know, there's more to just in trying to become a champion and a race winner, which he has done very well, but there's more to becoming a champion than just being able to drive yeah. the hell out of a race car, yes. which he can do right. and does it very well. But you got to think through some of these things. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know, KP. No, can... no, no, no you're, listen, you're, but I, I will say this. this all I'm going all I'm, to all I'm, say about this is that, and we, we, we talked about, and I, I saw it with Ryan, with his guy, uh, Ryan Newman. Um, he owed somebody when we got to Homestead, and he was out of the, and he just run them high. Mm-hmm. And they come back, and he run them high. He didn't crash them. He didn't do anything. He yeah. paid them back. He got them separated from the pack. There's different ways to yeah. pay people back besides crashing. So I want to be real clear about that, besides taking somebody out. But the thing that Ross can't do, and, and I, I hope Dale agrees with this, is he can't change the way he drives mm. just because everybody's mad at him. Right. No. Because then he, he's, <laughs> right. he's, not, he's not my guy anymore. Yeah. You know, Justin Marks is saying, you're not my guy, dude. You know, you, you don't, you can't, you've got to stay true to who he is. And we know who Ross is. We were just talking about it. We know who Ross is. So just approach it. Understand that when you pass that guy and, and he eases up behind you, tense up a little bit because you know you're going to get one. Yeah. You know, you know you're going to get one. You know you're going to get leaned on, you know. And, and eventually, it just kind of levels back out. For some reason, you ride that wave and it'll sure. level back out. And you keep it in your mind, too. You know those guys, Owen. Um, but there's guys riding around there that Denny's passing every week that think, oh, Denny. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Chase, let's, oh, let's not guys. look away from Denny because on the other side, Denny is too good to literally waste a day to just yeah. mess with one yeah. driver for the entire race. Like that's that yeah. he's doing himself a disservice for his level of skill and quality. I get oh, yeah. that you're mad. But if, if you believe what Ross said, which is that I got strung out and I couldn't even reset myself, Denny also couldn't reset himself. He could yeah. not 
let it go. And I know with his daughters, he's watched Frozen and Frozen 2. He knows, <laughs> but, but well, let it go. But, 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 okay, now let's go back to being true to yourself. Sure. And, and this is going to be terrible when I say it. But we know, we have seen Denny in other situations where he can't reset himself. Right. Championship races, where he has a bad race and he can't reset himself to come back and recover the next race. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, it's a little bit, and it's a tough thing to do. Sure. It's a tough, listen, Kyle Busch is the best at it. I've never seen anybody go off on a radio like that and then be passing people three laps later yeah. on the outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Worst piece of crap I ever drove. With you. you guys are going to have to do I'm going to the front. Going to the front. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, he is the best at it, to lose it and then bring it back in and yeah. go again. But some people can't, and, and it's just part of it. I've, I swear, I think there's footage of a driver who wants uh, – Apologize to a lot of people at the driver's meeting. We're going to see that maybe coming up later. Also, we've got the man himself, Parker Kligerman, is going to join us. Yes. After the break, we're going to hear about his exciting weekend. Stay with us for more Motor Mouths right here on Peak. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Way better than Phoenix, though, I guess. Uh, For as bad as Phoenix was, JGR, the Toyota guys, did a good job of getting us some, some improvements there and at least being able to keep up and have a shot at the win. So um, our car just took too long to come in, better on the long run, better up top. You know, we stayed in the running all day long and, and fought hard and um, thought maybe we could, but um, that was it. We gambled on that stage win. I'm glad we brought that home. And I was like, man, if I just go where they're not, the car isn't that bad in traffic. And that's one thing we've been working on is just help me in traffic. And once we found some clean air, uh, we passed a lot of cars. And, and on that last restart, I should have just pushed the heck out of the 18. Uh, a Toyota or a Porsche should have won that. Kyle needed to be up ahead. I wanted Kyle all on my own. That would have helped the monster car win. Great shot to win and make a mistake in the pits. Come out 17th, and by the time we get back to racing with the lead, it's got no tires left. So they do a good job of execution there at the last pistol. Feels good to, to come here to St. Louis today for the inaugural event and have a fast Ford Proud Ford Mustang. Um, you know, we finally finished where we deserve. We ran up front in the top five all day, and we finished top five. We need that much more. I don't know what it is. We just need a little bit more speed in our car uh, to go challenge those guys for a win. At the beginning of the day, I was hoping for, like, a top 25 and uh, hopefully completing all the laps. Uh, it's super hard to pass. And, uh, I think we ended up 17th, I want to say, and uh, beat my boss. So, uh a lot of doubts I wouldn't even finish this thing. Come on, 17, I'm happy about it. Man, so cool to see. Again, congrats Joey Logano for that big win. Someone who was there for this weekend got to experience it. Was our own Parker Kligerman. Uh, Parker, it was your first time in the next-gen car. A little bit different than uh, how it went for Zane Smith. It was his uh, first time there, 17th. Uh, tell us about your weekend. It was pretty exciting, wasn't it? Why didn't I match my car number in finishing position? 
That's unfair. <laughs> I want that. It's weird. Yeah, you know? Uh, hey, look, I was a cool opportunity, sort of last minute, like Zane getting the call from Rick Ware Racing to go do this at Gateway. And, you know, very appreciative of the opportunity to get the next gen car because I've been so curious, like all of us wanting to drive it, especially as a driver, just wanting to experience what are these drivers experiencing that's so different than what we've known in the past. Uh, and that was eye opening. I, I only got four laps in practice before our primary car lit on fire, which. You know, my next-gen career was literally on fire for a while, so that was pretty cool. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, I felt really bad for all the guys. They prepared a really good car, and I think that car was really competitive. You know, we built the backup over two days and, and you know, with very little laps, got it in the race. And, and it was, you know, we were up to speed pretty quickly and obviously finished all the laps. It's just, I don't think it was, uh, you know, these are hard cars to build out of the shop and get right and they're so you know the nascar cup series is so close right now if you look at the spread from first the 32nd 35th it's the closest ever been i mean we have not seen this sort of tight field uh in such a long time so it's it means that little things make huge differences and so i think overall i was i was happy with it we came down the end and we're in a good position i made a, a bad choice on the restart and we end up 31st and maybe probably could have been closer to 27th or so which been cool but we'll uh we'll take it i learned a ton about this car man i love that you're such a great asset to this team being able to go hop in the cars a lot of weekends we know you race trucks as much as you can and and you gave props to rick where i just love that that guy's involved in so much racing but for you everything break it down for us what is that right uh what did that new car feel like to you out on the track different from some of the ones you've been in before so it's like I've been listening to all the drivers. I've been talking to so many of my friends that are driving these things and, and trying to understand, like, what are they going through? And I'm driving on iRacing and asking, like, does it relate to it? And they're like, yes and no. And, you know, they're trying to describe it. And it's every time they would settle by just saying it's just different. It's not anything like what you've been driving or what we know as a stock car. And so I've been so curious to be like, okay, well, what is that? And once I finally got in it, you know, the light bulb went off and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is entirely different. Like throw away everything I've known for the last decade about driving stock cars and sort of just reset, start anew and say, okay, now I've got to figure out, you know, how do you drive this thing? Because it just has changed everything. It does, it has an entirely different feel. It has times where it has an entire lack of feel that you have to deal with. The aero effects are entirely different than anything we've experienced. The amount of shifting you're doing is different, the brakes are different, the way you feel the tire and actually just sort of how you sense what creates speed and where the grip is is entirely different. And someone asked me to sort of relate it this past weekend. I was like, it would be like the NFL suddenly deciding that instead of having the football-shaped football that they've had for the last, I don't know, ever, uh, they would start playing with a soccer ball. Like, that's how different it is. They're both balls, but yeah, you wow. would play entirely different with that. And so it's, I think it's really been you know, maybe not even stated enough this season, the first half, just to say, like, this has been a monumental change for NASCAR and for the drivers and how they go about driving race cars. So it's it's been eye-opening, and I did really enjoy it, though. I think it's a pretty cool race car, and my hand is all bruised up and uh, blistered from shifting five times per lap over 300 miles. So I found that a lot of fun, though, and I really did enjoy driving it. Okay, I want to I want to ask you this because we just we've been discussing Ross and and being aggressive, uh, but from the time they they started racing this car, um, we've heard drivers say this car rewards aggressiveness. You can be more aggressive with it. 
What, are, what, what does that mean? Tell me what that means from you sitting in the seat. How much more did you charge a corner? How much more uh, were you on the brakes? Were you doing different things? I mean, how much more aggression did you see in this car compared to what you've driven in the past? It's a great question, Kyle. So what I think they mean by that is, you know, this car is not more forgiving than the old cars. It's actually less forgiving, I would say. It's where you talk about the brakes. It has immense braking power, far more than we've ever seen in a stock car, which normally for everything we've known past and for the Xfinity cars and trucks right now, those are braking limited. Like you, you, you as a person feel like you could brake later than that car actually can. And it's not gonna stop at times. And these cars, on the other hand, have immense braking power. So you can actually find yourself overdriving corners and getting away with it or braking way harder and later than you would in years past because it just has that ability. It also has way more mechanical grip with those tires. So as you go into a corner, you can really charge a corner and sort of in years past in the older cars, you know, that would just mean you maybe would wreck or you would just go so far out of the groove, you'd be, you know, you'd look like an idiot. Now you can get away with it. Like you can do that. As we watched Kyle Busch sort of do a slider on Joe Logano, you can send it off into a corner like that and sort of have the the tools to get away with it. Maybe it's and also add a downshift in there that you wouldn't have in the past, and that allows you to get off the corner quicker than you would in the past. And so, you know, there's areas where you don't have to be so worried about momentum, and I think that's where drivers feel like you can be more aggressive. You can you know attack the corners more than you could in the past, and so that opens up some of the possibilities of how you pass, right? Like Ross talks about, you know, being aggressive in these cars. That means sometimes you've got to sort of throw that Hail Mary on the entry, try and use that braking power, use that mechanical grip, and occasionally you're going to get that wrong. But that might be the way you're going to get the pass done in this day and age instead of doing it on the exit. Parker, I want to go in a little different direction here because you were there uh, to – for this event, it, it kind of reminded me when I saw the crowd and everything that was going on around it was when we went to Nashville for the first time last year with the Cup Series. Uh, the vibe there, uh, the, the city, how electric everything was. It seemed like a lot of the same things took place. Pat Grandstand, what was it like being there, being a part of it? By the way, we're, we'll be in Nashville in a little less than three yep, weeks right, uh, yep. to oh, kick yeah. off our coverage with NBC. Uh, but it looked like just a fantastic weekend, very successful. It definitely was, DJ. I mean, what you saw on TV was exactly what it was like there. The vibe was incredible. Even on Friday, I looked up at the grandstands on Friday when we were doing this photo on the front stretch and for practice, and I was like, this is bigger than most truck series race crowds. So I was like, there's so many people wow. here. But it was, uh, the whole weekend was packed. It was awesome to see the, you know, the vibe was amazing. And when we looked up at those grandstands on Sunday, right as the race was happening and the flyover was incredible, I just got chills and, you know, the hair stand up on my arms, the back of my neck, because it just was incredible to see that many people there to see an awesome race. And the traffic going in was not bad at all. The traffic exiting was almost not, ex like it was so easy to get in and out of the racetrack. So I just got to give a huge kudos to that whole team at Worldwide Technology Raceway for how they executed, you know, Often we see with first-time events, there's a bit of growing pains, but I feel like this, that team really knocked out of the park and, and really thought through almost everything they could to have a seamless event of that magnitude. And it was felt by, I feel like, everyone there. And, and the, you know, there was so much positivity from throughout the garage and obviously just talking to all the fans and just seeing so many of them and how excited they were that we were there was so cool. And I just think that's an awesome thing for the sport. And we definitely saw that in Nashville. 
I'm sure we'll see that again because Nashville is just one of the most fun cities there is. And when you bring NASCAR there, it just gets better. But uh, I just think, yeah, this is really cool to see these sort of events pop up that you can tell there's enthusiasm for it. You had a, a lot different perspective than we did as we were on the couch watching. Um, <laughs> when you were in the car, kind of walk us through your thoughts on what happened with uh, particularly Ross Chastain, someone you've raced with a, a ton in your career. But kind of how did you see all of that shake out and what were your thoughts overall? So I didn't see the initial contacts, but I was a part of uh, he and Chase Elliott's uh, squabble towards the back when they were they were uh, getting into it. I was like, "What is going on here?" Because they uh, they were trying to they were getting into each other for a while, and it was pretty. I, I couldn't help but laugh a little bit because I was like, "This is this is wild." I don't know if I've ever seen this before. They were slowing each other down and trying to get away from each other. It looked like a video game almost. But then they, uh, I think. Finally, Chase got into to uh, Ross enough, and I was like, "Okay, I gotta get out of here." But I, I thought that was obviously I knew something had happened. I then saw you know Denny limping around, was like, hmm, "Something happened there, maybe," and he was a little angry, and the one went by, and so I was like, "All right, something's up here." And then I went and watched the replays, and I mean, I, I think you guys were saying before, and I, I didn't hear all your comments, but you know, did Ross do anything wrong per se? Like especially the nine, I mean. The restarts were great opportunities to make passes, especially putting people three wide. You know, that looked more like a racing incident to me, just sort of getting into someone. You know, the move on Denny there through one and two, I I want to say, like, we're learning as drivers what you can do with the bumper in these cars, where if you look back at Martinsville, where you could try and hit someone as hard as you could and you couldn't move them out of the way because they had so much mechanical grip as opposed to, you know, the cars of the past, where it took a little tap and you move someone out of the way. I think we're kind of all learning, right? And so when I looked at my initial thought on the 11, I was like, oh, he's just trying to give him a tap. And then I looked at it again. I was like, wait, maybe that was a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a ram there than a tap. So it was a little aggressive for a bump and run. Um, and therefore, I think like of those two incidents, you know, I feel like Denny maybe had a little bit more crescence to be saying, look, that's an aggressive move that you probably don't want to be making unless you want to have repercussions. With the nine, to me, that looked more like a racing incident, so I wouldn't be so hard on Ross for that one. I, and I know Ross is really hard on himself, but I, I wouldn't be so hard on himself for that, especially the nine. But the, the 11, that's an interesting move. We're all learning. Who knows? Like, there's there's funny arrow things with these cars where in years past, you wanted to, like, put yourself on their right rear and you'd get the person loose. Now you put yourself on their left rear, and it actually makes the person looser and turn better. So it's just there's so many things that are so different that uh, I think we're all learning right now. Hmm. That's wild. That's great. That is good. Parker, thanks for good your stuff, perspective. Man. As always, oh. so glad uh, that you were there this weekend uh, representing. We can't wait to see you again soon. Thanks, thanks guys. We have got more great stuff. Don't forget <clears throat> to call in 844-NASCAR-NBC. We want to hear from you. And we've got another driver coming up. Who? It's a surprise. you got to wait. I can't just tell you right oh, now. There he is. <laughs> but it's right there. It's Martin Snyder. It's we'll be car. right back with him. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
my god. Um, all the men and women at Call Racing deserve that. I was awful. I cannot believe I crashed before we went green. Like I, that's I just I, I was melting down in the car. Honestly, I, I making so many mistakes, trying so hard. I put so much pressure on myself at these races because I know I know what everybody expects. I know what I expect out of myself. More importantly, but it's um, God, what a win! I cannot. It might be the, one of the craziest wins I've ever had. Maya was doing a, uh, an amazing job. He uh, he was really good in the wet. I had to get, I got under him. Uh, we, we touched there. I, it, in these conditions, I knew if I get to the lead, I could kind of dictate it. So um, I was fighting hard there, but Maya did a great job. Uh, he's always fast in these road courses. Boy, big win for AJ Allmendinger there in Portland. And how cool is it when you get props from the guy that won, that's yeah, something yep. special because that's, that's not big. always what happens. And that's our special guest, Myatt Snyder, driver of the 31 Chevy. Myatt, first off, thanks for joining us. But where are we talking to you today from? Uh, I actually was just at the simulator today. So, uh, you know, kind of debriefing from everything from the weekend and uh, kind of going through what, what all's coming next for us. So we've got uh, Nashville in two weeks. And so uh, it's kind of crazy to have two weeks off because you don't really have that in racing. So. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was a great weekend for us in the treetop Chevy Camaro and uh, just a great weekend for Jordan Harrison racing overall. I mean, it's cool to, to see uh, to a weekend like that for you. Kind of walk us through Portland as a track. What did you think kind of overall? I thought it was pretty amazing as a racetrack. It was so much fun to run, so many rhythm sections, you know, you um, and that turn one was just, I, I managed to escape a lot of the calamity that happened in turn one. But uh, a lot of people didn't, and a lot of people got taken out by that. And uh, you know, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun racetrack. I really enjoyed it. It was my first time ever racing there, and you know, you can see me in the lead there. And it was um, it was definitely a hard fought race race by us. We got our first stage win, and uh, took the lead there from AJ. And it was just it was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed the racetrack a lot. L listen, yeah, you, you have like you went to Europe, and, and did a lot of that experience over there. Has that translated back because you have become a guy on these road courses, man. I mean, every no matter what they put you in, you're going to run towards the front of the pack. It, it, was that a huge help for you? Yeah, you know, I um, it, it definitely was because about two years ago at the uh, at the Roval when it was just a torrential downpour, I came uh, honestly just about as close to getting a win, and it was actually racing against AJ, ironically enough. So, um, yeah, the the Europe experience definitely came into play, um, and I. Uh, you know, every time I run a race in the rain, especially with these Xfinity cars, I, I learn a whole bunch of new things. You know, I keep pushing myself to learn, you know, what I can do better and how I can improve. And, you know, I think uh, I think this race was definitely a step up for my own personal performance. Um, but, yeah, as, the, as a whole, the racetrack was a lot of fun and especially a lot more fun in the rain. Okay, so most people aren't going to believe that so you heard all great minds think alike. So that was going to be my question <laughs> oh, to sorry, you, Mike. Sorry. So I'm not sure that that... <laughs> about the great minds part here. So I'm thinking, I was going to see what you said in your answer there. I, I want to know now about the changing conditions, uh, the track conditions that you had to encounter and, and the, the decisions of what tires uh, you needed to be on at what time. It seemed that for a lot of that race, you yourself as the driver and, and your crew uh, put you in the right position and, and were making the right things. Yeah, you know, Shane went back on the box, definitely made a lot of great calls that day. And uh, I think we were really, really gelling as a team. You know, um, our first road course, there was some stuff we needed to figure out at Coda, but we still ended up with a sixth place finish. And uh, with this, obviously, we won our first stage and we were we were contenders. We were probably 
one of the best two cars out there, us and AJ. So, um, yeah, we definitely put ourselves in a lot of great spots. And the changing conditions definitely did throw a lot of wrenches and things because it, um, you know, it for most, for the start of the race, it was uh, completely soaked. And then it kind of got a little dry and then it got a little wet again. And then kind of towards the end of the race there, it was pretty much dry on the racetrack. Uh, we took slicks at one point and then uh, it started raining again and it didn't feel like we could um, it didn't feel like we could go out there on on wet tires anymore so it's um it was it was definitely a changing dynamic all day but uh definitely a good race overall my we're gonna go to the phones and uh we're gonna talk to james james what's on your mind hey how you doing there mate good I'm doing what's up? how are you all right doing good um i wanted to ask my um after finishing second at uh, Portland uh, this past weekend, uh, what have you learned that will help you going into Road America next month, as well as uh, the Indianapolis and the Charlotte Roval later this season? Well, a lot of what I learned is actually uh, mostly based on, you know, what's what's happening when it rains. Um, you know, I learned you know, how to push myself to be a little better uh, in certain areas of the track. Um, but, you know, as far as uh, Road America and Indy goes, if it doesn't rain, then uh, I'm not sure I'll be able to take much from Portland this weekend because I feel like, you know, Road America is so much faster of a racetrack. You know, I feel like you're doing, you know, 160, 170 in a turn one. Um, and it's uh, before you at least before you get to the brakes at least. But, uh, you know, it, if it does rain, then it's definitely going to help me out a lot because I figured out a lot of stuff this weekend. And so that's a good question. It definitely, uh, it's definitely gonna help me out this, if it rains. Thanks for calling, James. We got Chandler on the line. Chandler, go ahead. Thank you, Rut. Hey there, Mike. Great job on Saturday at Portland. That was amazing. Um, my question for you is, after finishing second at Portland, does this encourage you and give you confidence later this year? And maybe this can get you a win for Jordan Anderson Racing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we've got probably, I think, four or five road courses coming up in this whole summer stretch. So that's something that I'm personally looking forward to a lot um, because I've always enjoyed the road courses, even before I had that experience in Europe. So it definitely gives me a lot of confidence, especially if it gets in the rain. You know, I, I kind of joked when I was in the two car last year with the crew chief that, you know, as soon as I get a rain race, man, uh, I'm going to I'm going to show you I'm, like the crew chief last year that I had was not a believer in rain racing. And I was like, I'm going to turn you into a believer. And so I think this year I definitely uh, I definitely made that little prophecy come true. So, yeah, if it uh, if it rains, I'm definitely going to be very excited for a race. Chandler, we appreciate the call. Yeah, my, here's a question. I, I know a lot of people have known you and your name racing for the past 10 or 15 years here, but where did racing really begin for your family? Because I think it's a lot longer history than most people realize. Yeah, it is. So um, obviously everybody, well, some people know of my dad, uh, Marty Snyder. He's been a reporter uh, for the in NASCAR for probably, I don't know, 25 years now at least. He probably started in 1994, 1995. And uh, he's, he's, so he's been around the sport for a long time, reporting for ESPN, TNT, NBC, MRN. So he's been around the sport a long time. But what a lot of people don't know is that um, his uh, grand, his father owned uh, Rambler dealerships in High Point, North Carolina, and would actually rent out, um, rent out his cars to go racing on weekends to Jimmy Allen. And he had a business partner in Bill Blair. And he, um, so yeah, he was probably one of the original Cup Series owner. Now, unfortunately, he passed away when my dad was nine years old and uh, couldn't continue on that legacy. But you know, racing stuck around, and my dad would always go to the racetrack with my cousin Jay Hedgecock. And uh, Jay Hedgecock is probably one of the top late model stock chassis builders in the country. And 
Uh, so yeah, uh, the Snyder family definitely has a lot of racing ties. Well, I think there's one question that has to be asked though. So as you, did you get your driving skills, your good driving skills on the track more from riding around with your dad or from your mom? <laughs> um, I'm going to say redacted to keep myself out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this, I think that's our first clean the fifth on here. That's good. That's a good answer. Great but good answer, answer yes. Yeah, Brian answer. Snyder, thank you for joining Thanks, us man. as always, buddy. Thanks. Congratulations. Uh, good luck this year, man. What a great yeah. run. We appreciate you taking great the time. Great run, buddy. Yeah, thanks, guys. Always be fun to be on Motormouth. Oh, what a good time, man! That's awesome. Yeah, never answer that question. No, no. never answer. Because you know they're going to watch this show. Is the sh- yeah? But here's what I want to know: Is the Chevy Simulator a Tahoe? It, because he saved his, <laughs> he'd been in the top, he'd been in the simulator there, but he looked like he's sitting on top. That's a great question. No wonder, no wonder Ross drives like he drives. Way to keep it on brand. Way to keep it on brand. We will be back with more Motor Mouse right after this. Stick with us, Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett, and we're taking your calls. Call in. Come join us. One eight four four NASCAR NBC. It's not too many numbers. You can get it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So let's walk you back through this Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix that went caution free for all 70 laps. But on the second lap, oh, this was an ugly moment for Graham Rahal. That was enough to damage his car badly enough to take the two-time winner here in Detroit out of the race altogether. And then lap 14, things started to get interesting. Will Power to the front around his teammate, Joseph Newgarden, who was on that softer red tire and hanging on. And then things got a little crazy here on lap 18. His teammate Scott McLaughlin locks up the brakes into the runoff, manages to keep it out of the tires, but couldn't get it all the way turned around. Some people thought it was going to be a yellow, but they kept it green. How about on lap 50? This was a defining moment for Kyle Kirkwood. One way, then the other, a bit of a tank slapper hit the wall. That took the Rocket Chevrolet out of the race. Final stop for Will Power. Team did an awesome job, got him out, and he had to nervously watch his lead dwindle as Alexander Rossi was storming on home but power had enough by one second to win for the third time here take the championship lead and yes of course do the signature swim in the fountain how cool is that man amazing this week in motorsports we've got so much going on another motor mouse on Wednesday the Dale Jr. download this is part two you are not going to want to miss that with Jeremy Mm. Mayfield of course, we've got Pro Motocross with Lucas Oil. The IndyCar Series is going to be back Sunday at 12.30. World Superbike, Sunday 1.30. And, of course, Monster Jam from Detroit, Saturday at 12.30. <laughs> that is good. I've been waiting. That, that is really good. good. That, that is good. good. Thank you. I was, I, I was feeling strong about that. Man, how about Alexander Rossi? They announced he's going to go to a different team, and then suddenly he's the fastest car out there, gets P2. Still cool to see. That's, that it, it always works that way. Right? right? Yeah. And, and Will Power, I yeah. feel like he's been driving almost 20 years, and I see him at Indy the other day, and he looks like he's 25 yeah, years I old. I know. Yes. Uh, you know. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, just, but, you know what he sings to great. himself, I heard last lap? 
willpower. I knew that was coming. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Anyway. You knew that hey, was coming. Why don't we talk about the, the great thing that happened this weekend. Joey Logano yes. picked yes. up another wow. win. And, man, that last, that last uh, what do we call it, green-white checker? Yeah. I mean, that, that battle, to see the smile on Joey's face when he got out of the car. Now, we know Kyle yeah. Busch didn't have a similar smile. Yeah. But for two people who've been racing together for so long, uh, I thought that was really special. And our buddy Gavin Grubbs, a former camper yep. at Victory Junction, yep. was there. I'd like to think he's Joey's uh, Joey. good luck. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was Joey's win. But, man, what it, when you guys watched that, <clears throat> did you think Joey was going to end up with the – with the win there, or do you think Kyle was going to pull it out? No, I actually thought Ryan Blaney was probably going to benefit yeah. from the two of them getting together. Yeah, exactly. So the two drivers that I thought might have problems <laughs> yeah. as this came down, because they have a history and a past. But what a great racing. Yeah. I mean, this was two championship drivers showing you how to get it done and, and making the most of this. And, and they did this racing, and of course I know that, that Blaney and Kurt Busch were racing side by side too, but they actually separated themselves a little bit yep. from that and racing as hard as they did. Incredible driving by both of them. And yeah, both had a little bit different reaction, which is yep. understandable. You don't like finishing second when you have a chance to win. And you know, Kyle Busch felt like that he yep. made the right move and got himself uh, in the right spot there. It was interesting, I have to say this, that, that you know, he's, he, he hasn't ever seemed to have a problem giving a hand signal to people that he doesn't like, but he couldn't get one to his brother <laughs> to come on <laughs> and give me a push. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, here's the thing, I, and, I, and we, we talked about it earlier with Nate. Um, they showed a tremendous amount of respect for each yeah, other. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. they really did. I mean, of all the stuff that we've seen this year, and we saw yesterday during this race, of beating and bashing and bumping his racing and rubbing his racing, all this stuff. These guys actually raced. Yeah. They actually gave each other room. They passed each other. They come off the corner. They weren't leaning on each other. They gave each other room to catch and drive and, and, and do their stuff. It was it was old school. That was that yeah. was classic stuff. That's stuff you used to see at Wilkesboro and Rockingham and places like that. Um, and, but I, I will say this. I don't know if y'all saw this where Kyle Busch said, and this is going to be kind of a paraphrase, where he said, the best car won the race, but the best driver didn't. And, and I was like, that's a great. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And, and that's what you've got to love about Kyle Busch. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You got, but, but Joey, these two guys, and, and we talked about it earlier, you know, Joey won first dirt race, the, the, yeah. the Coliseum, then he's won the inaugural race here. Kyle Busch won first Kentucky race and uh, the first race in the COT. These guys can take a car in a time when it's really hard to take a car and put it on their back and win a race yeah. and, and run good. And, and you, 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 if you line all the drivers up, you say, who do you want in the last five laps, even if they don't have the best car? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to go Joey Logano and Kyle yeah. Busch. Those two guys are going to get you the most. There's other guys that have done it on occasion, but these guys do it consistently. Yeah. And then you put them head to head, you're going to have a great race. Yeah, and, and as I was watching that and think, I don't think that anybody really thought – that a, a byproduct of this new car was going to be shifting at so yeah. many places, wow. but right. they were doing all of this shifting and then still driving the hell out Crazy. of these things. I'm Crazy. like, I would have crashed three or four times, you know, yeah. in the first ten laps. It's just so much going yeah. on. It's just so much. But then, one but space. then close, racing that close and making those moves, I and mean, it just tremendous uh, respect uh, for these drivers. And you're right; yeah. these are two drivers. At the end, hey, give me one of them, and yeah. I'm going to guarantee you they're going to win. Yeah. And, I, and that smile that Joey had on. Let me remind you, it was not that long ago. The Joey came in as an 18-year-old at Joe Gibbs Racing looking up 
to drivers like Kyle Busch. And before we knew it, they were teammates, yeah. right? So, you know, you also <clears throat> saw, I felt just this very childlike thing of going like, hey, that was the guy I wanted to be like, yeah. and I just beat him. But yeah, yeah. yeah. here's the deal. And, and I, I think, and listen, I don't, I don't have the stats laying here in front of me. Um, but when you look at Joey's won 29 or 30 races or, yeah. or whatever, um, and he's 30 or 31, Kyle's 37 or so now. If you look at, at Kyle Busch until he's 29 or 30, their, their careers are pretty dang close. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're top fives, they're, they're wins, and Joey does not run Cup and Xfinity and all that stuff, so let's take that. But just the Cup stuff, they're, they're pretty impressive when you lay them over each other. And I don't think sometimes that Joey gets the credit for the driver he is, and I think Kyle gets belittled sometimes for just his attitude, mm-hmm. and let's be honest, because that's it. So you don't give him the credit for the driver he is, but to see two of the best that there are, week in and week out go at it like that is that speaks volumes for the sport it's interesting when you look back especially when you guys started there was less um uh, kind of drivers in the limelight and less availability if you look at the time windows and stuff the drivers weren't necessarily interviewed as often as frequently so when you look at a guy like kyle bush if he was racing at the same time you guys were a lot of people might not even know half of the personality that he had unless he would come see y'all no. in person so it's also interesting when you see the kind of burden that sometimes is put on by the the sort of restraints of the sport yeah. it also makes you appreciate someone like ryan blaney who kind of i think babyface ought to be his new name because when he is clean shaven <laughs> and his hair is cut <laughs> he is a different like he's such a force to be reckoned with and he's always right there yeah which also means you've got to be in that spot to to take advantage of it but it's yeah. interesting to see those perceptions of what we think of these drivers, and we're, oh, we're yeah. going to look at Ross or, or Denny in this one way, but meanwhile, you've got all these other cats that are like, no, we're doing the right stuff every single weekend. Yeah, and Joey Logano, uh, I mean, he was just thrown in Tony Stewart's car to yeah. take his place. Now, how, how impossible is that? Yeah. You oh, know? And yeah. so you're trying to live up to that. You've yeah. got Mark Martin telling everybody that Joey Logano is the next greatest yeah. thing, you know? And, uh, that's so, some pressure, that's, y'all. Yeah, that's, that's, and, but, but, but both of them have been, they've been in top notch equipment from the first time that they sat down in the cup series and not that they weren't deserving of that i'm not saying that yeah that's how good they are and that was what to me was watching that yesterday you realize just how good they are yeah Uh, and and i really appreciate that i I think we we see it so often you forget how good they are yeah you you forget they run six and you forget how good they are they run fourth and then if you really sit and look at it they run six with a 10th place car you know what I mean? Which is hard to do in this day and time. Yeah. Back when yeah. we were there, you, you, yeah, could, you do could do it a do lot that. more. But it's hard to do in this day and time. And those guys, it's just, they they have a strong will to win. Oh. And that's all. That's what Strong it's might not even be a strong enough yeah. word. Yeah, I mean, that you're right. Yeah. That yeah. Those two, uh, I mean, when it gets down to yeah. the end, that those two are going to are willing to just put themselves yeah. on the line. It's not that they, they've knocked other people yeah. out of the way, and that's sure. part of it For sometimes. Sure. But more times, they use their driving talents and abilities to get the job yeah. done. It's just fun to watch. Listen, and, and Dale will tell you, you, you know, you, you, when you go head-to-head with what you consider is the best out there, and then you beat it, then you're going to smile. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that's, that's a you big should. day. That's, yeah. a, that's a big day because it came down to two laps, let's get it done, throw down, winner yeah. take all, that's it. We're all in for two laps. And Joey walked away with it this time. Kyle would have been happy too. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, man, he would have been overjoyed to have outrun. And he, he probably would have given Joey credit for yeah. saying, hey, that yeah. was clean racing. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like you're saying that my dad was right when he said that John McEnroe 
could whip me with a racket from Kmart. That's so exactly right. I do hear what <laughs> you're saying. Big thanks to fact. everybody for watching. <laughs> Motor Mouse, we'll see you back on Wednesday. Kyle Petty, Dale, Jared, I'm Rutledge Wood. Thanks for watching. Appreciate you calling. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.